You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsmen of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsmen. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this Made in America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say Made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe, from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days? How many days a week do you spend in As much as I can, to be honest with you. Any time that I get, I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else. I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not. So you might as well be here. Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a garment and dog trade dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, 
Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. This is Josh Michaelis, and today we are going to bring you a little bonus episode of the Houndsman XP. This is going to air on Wednesday. I guess this is Wednesday, so if you guys are listening to it. Uh, what it is, is I was able to attend the Jarvis Umphers Memorial $100,000 coon hunt uh, in Rolling Fork, Mississippi. Uh, they had one in Rolling Fork. They had one in Crowville. Louisiana. So there were two hunts, 128 dogs, 64 competing in each hunt. And it was a pro hunt style. If you're not familiar with that in PKC, you can look that up, but it's, it was a $4,000 entry. Uh, the winner, a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, second place I believe was, I want to say $40,000. And let me look, actually I can look that up real quick, but either way, $467,000 $467,000 total uh, given away as prize money, and plus you add another 20-some-odd thousand for the Calcutta. Nearly half a million dollars was won this weekend, uh, or this past weekend. And so we felt with Houndsman XP that it was a huge event. We felt that we should go down there and uh, represent both Joy and Houndsman XP and, and have a presence there, and I was lucky enough to be able to do it. And while I was down there, I, I interviewed Michael Moody, uh, who was one of the organizers for this event. And after the hunt was over, I was able to uh, get with Scott Engel, who most of you guys are going to know and, and has had a lot of success over his career as a coon hunter. And, you know, he was able to win $100,000 with his Echo Dog this week. And I just wanted to, you know, do a little backstory on that and express to all the listeners of what a well-run, well-organized um, event this was. You know, it, it was historical. Uh, now Pro Sport had, has done a $100,000 hunt as well. And so it wasn't the first $100,000 hunt, but it was the first one that was sanctioned by PKC. And I think, you know, it was the Jarvis Humphers Memorial and when Jarvis Umphers started the PCA, the Professional Coon Owners Association, which eventually turned into PKC, uh, people say, well, he never would have dreamed, he never would have dreamed. Well, if you know Jarvis, Jarvis, he dreamed it. He knew, you know, he had an idea, and Mr. Eddie expressed this, Mr. Eddie Simmons expressed this during his presentation. But he could see this coming. Some people have the foresight for things like this, and Jarvis was one of them. And it was just such... When you look at how far the sport has come uh, since the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, even the early 2000s, mid-2000s, I mean, even the last 10 years, the changes have been have been huge. And now here we are, where not only can people make a living uh, following, following these hounds, they can make a good living. And I think that's amazing. Uh, I think that, you know, this is the future of our sport 
I think that, that this format and these things do nothing but help. Uh, when, when something like this gets publicity, it's good publicity. It's not bad. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no way this can be bad for the future. Uh, there's no way this can be bad for the sport. I just, I just can't see it. I'll, all I see is good. Now, some people are going to argue and say that money's the ruination and the little man can't. Well, there's nothing stopping somebody from, from getting a gray dog and a two-cell flashlight and going coon hunting. And to have that right to go get a two-cell flashlight and an old gray dog and turn it loose and try to tree raccoons, it takes things like this. It takes publicity. It takes positive publicity. It takes, you know, financial backing. It takes that stuff to secure the right for every hunter. And I just think that, that there's no way that this can be a, be a negative. And you'll, you'll hear from Michael Moody uh, on, the, on the event on about how it came about, uh, who, who was responsible for thinking up the format, who was responsible for helping Michael do the organization, the hunters involved, and things like that. And you'll hear from uh, Scott Engel. Uh, about the cast that he was involved in with with Echo and winning a hundred thousand dollars. Now, before that happens, I want to give credit to uh, all the winners. There was an A side and a B side, just like we said, and uh, Scott was in the A side, and the finals in the A side, like Scott will mention here eventually, uh, was Michael Moody was able to get in with B. Uh, Nathan Guthrie, who I've mentioned on this podcast before, who's hunting a really nice female, uh, him and Dale Kinder on together, called Spice Girl. Uh, Randy Morgan and Scott Ingalls' dog Echo, of course, and then Half Pipe Junk, owned by Bob Dudley and handled by Daryl Guest. as your finalists. And I believe it was uh, uh, Junk, Half Pipe Junk finished second, uh, B finished third, and Spice finished fourth, and they hunted it off. Kudos to them. Uh, it was a miserable night as far as South Mississippi goes, wind blowing. Uh, they were spitting snow, 27 degrees, coons weren't moving. And so, you know, to, to go up there and hunt it, it was, as Scott will tell you, was his idea. So uh, you're, you're going to hear the, the three casts that Scott was in. He's going to outline those. He's gonna, you're going to hear about Echo and how he done and what he done. And it was pretty entertaining, and I appreciate Scott for joining us. Uh, you look at the B side. It was uh, a lot of burdens, a lot of burdens in the finals. And you'll hear, you will hear uh, uh, Michael. You know he made a little prediction at the beginning of this before it ever started, and he and he was bragging on some of the burden dogs, especially Topper. And Topper was one of the dogs in the final four. Uh, legs, world champion Legs was Zach was in the final four. Um, Scott was hunting slow-talking trash, Scott Burden, and stylish hell bitch, uh, Randy Minner. I didn't, I mean, I don't think UKC would honor the, the hell bitch name, but anyway, nice name. Uh, Randy Minner was in, and they split. They chose to split the finals, which I hated because as a, as a media personality, I guess, and don't get me wrong, when I've hunted, I've split a lot. But as a media personality, I wanted to see everybody go for that 100000 But they split, and the split, I believe, was $43,000 a piece. But when you got all the burdens in the same cast, you know, they're going to split the money anyway. Just, uh, 
just go ahead and go ahead and split it anyway. So um, I appreciate everything, Michael and Roger Dale and all the crew from PKC, Shane, Christy, and everything done down there. The food was amazing. The hunting was amazing. Uh, I did not compete in it this week. Uh, rain, rain is is still nursing a bad foot, and that was the dog that we suspected that we would have the best chance down there with it. So I didn't hunt. I was just down there representing Houndsman XP and of course representing Joy. And so, man, they rolled out the red carpet. Uh, my own podcast studio there. I, I was able to sit down and record with Joe Manning for the Friday episode, and I was able to uh, interview Michael Moody. And the food was fantastic. The ladies in the kitchen was fantastic. The hunters were fantastic. It was a really well-run event, and you're going to hear that from Scott as well. But uh, without further ado, uh, here is Michael Moody describing the hunt. And after Michael, we will, we will put Scott on. Uh, as always, we are fueled by joy. And I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate you guys listening. And here comes Michael. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Josh Michaelis with The Truth on the Houndsman XP podcast, and we got a little special bonus uh, action here, and it is, I'm here with Michael Moody. We are in Rolling Point, Mississippi, and we are at Jarvis Umphers Memorial, $100,000 hunt, and it is a flurry of activity outside, Michael. To say the least. <laughs> yes. I mean, there are chairs being set up, there's... Stuff being unloaded and everybody's running around like a hive of bees. Yeah, that's about so, right. So we've seen all this work. Me and Michael, we ducked into the podcast, makeshift podcast studio. Maybe we'll get away from that for a little bit. But Michael, I want to talk about the hunt. Um, yes, it's. I mean, it's a huge deal. Uh, the opportunity for us to hunt for what is life-changing money. You know, uh, $100,000 can buy you know a nice house. It can uh, buy a kid's education. It can buy a lot of things. And uh, we're getting the opportunity through PKC to do that. And you are the driving force behind this. And I just want to know, you know, start to finish, when did this come into your mind? When did you decide that, you know, we can do this, we can pull this off? And how did that come about? Well, um, originally, Brendan Tony came up with this idea. And so he shot me a text and said, hey, what do you think about this format? And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. And uh, he said, you think it'll sell? I said, you know, that's that's a lot of money for 64 dogs to sell. And so uh, I said, pitch it over to Roger Dale and see what he says. And I said, if he if he's good with it, tell him to let me know. Me and him will get together on some numbers, and I can put it on. I've got the woods. So uh, literally just a couple of days later, Roger Dale uh, shoots me a message, an email, and says, hey, you know, what do you think about this? He already had the format laid out. And so I want to give Roger Dale some props on this thing because – PKC is a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure they have a set percentage that they make on all these pro classics. So the original thing that he sent me um, didn't give me enough money. And so I said, Roger Dale, I can't do it for that. I said, you know, um, if I put my name on it, I want the food to be right. I want the facilities to be right. I want everybody to be treated in a way when they mm-hmm. walk away, win, lose, or draw, we've had a good time, you know, and and want to come back and do it again. So Roger Dale said, well, tell me what you need, and we'll see if I can make it work. So I told him what he needed, what I needed, which was actually double his original number that he sent me. And I was like, he ain't going to go for it. He texted me back, and he said, let's do it, which I was shocked. And so PKC's taking a little bit of a hit on this thing, and I I appreciate the fact that, in a sense, he kind of gave the hunters a bone to to do this. Um, 
So what we did, we started working on, at that point, we started working on getting the guides and getting everybody ready. And in Mississippi, where we hunt, it's the Delta. It's, mm-hmm. it's flat. It's beautiful. We got coons. Um, we went pleasure hunting the other night, cut loose at 720, rounded everything up by 11, and we treed 21 singles and looked at close to 30. And uh, so I started talking to my guides and different things. Well, we got everything put together, and so then we came up with a date when we were going to have these things go on sale. And so uh, Roger Dale kind of went back and forth that week, and then we, the day that they came for sale, I uh, had several people text me and said, man, you know, that's a great idea, but I just can't imagine right. 64 people paying $4,000. I was in that boat. I was too. Yep. I mean, I really was. Uh, and I was excited about it and, and thought, boy, if we can just do 64, this would be the coolest yep. thing. So uh, we we go on sale, and about 10 minutes into everything going on sale, I start getting Facebook messages and text. I can't get through. I can't get through. Is it this same old thing where only so-and-so gets in or only so-and-so if they got this rigged? And I'm getting some pretty rough text. Well, Roger Dale, he texted me and said, uh, the phone lines are lit up. We're fixing to sell this thing out. So about 25 minutes into this thing, Roger Dale calls me. And uh, I went to talk to Roger Dale, and he said, hey, we've got uh, 64 sold, and we've got 100, and I think it was 31 on the waiting list. And I said, are you kidding me? He said, I'm not kidding you. And uh, I said, man, I'm getting some of the nastiest texts about these things. (laughs) And I said, I have no control over this. He said, "Uh, well, you've done a great job. We're just going to leave it at that. Well, I said, just hang on a minute. Let me call you back. Well, about that time, Jesse Lively yes. texted me to call me, call him. So I called Jesse. Jesse said, uh, Moody, I can't believe the thing's just sold out that quick. And I said, I can't either. And uh, he said, what are you going to do about this waiting list? I was told it was 70 on the waiting list. I said, well, you was told wrong. It's 100. It's either, it was either 131 or 137. Yeah. I can't remember. And uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what, if you want to do two of them, you take, bring 64 to me and I got you covered. I said, are you sure you can do that, Jesse? He said, I'm sure. So I called Roger Dale back, and I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, as long as you're good with it, we're going to do two of them. And I said, everything you sent me, let's just double it, and we let's roll. He said, can you handle it? I said, we can handle it. So uh, we got this building from the city of Rolling Fork, and uh, it'll, it'll seat about 400 people. Yeah. And uh, it's got some pretty good facilities. Now, Rolling Fork is in the middle of nowhere. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm still looking for a motel to stay in. I just rolled in here. I'm trying to trying to find a motel. Oh, well, about 30 miles, yep, you're going to find one. Right. Uh, so, you know, you got Greenville that's one way, and it's got a casino. And then you got Vicksburg yep. that's the other way, and they've got multiple casinos. It's got good towns, but it's 30 miles. Yep. But the, the, the upside to that is nobody's got to drive very right. far to hunt. Right. Um, so and it's a wonderful, people can't see it, you know, but it's a wonderful facility. Thank you. It's thank a great you. place to have a coon on. I could tell that as soon as I walked in the door. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's a very open area in here and it's good. It's got a lot of good access and I'm hoping that we make this an annual thing. Now yeah. we'll say this, uh, get your phones ready next year. Cause I probably won't do 128. Right. That's a lot. Right. Um, so we continue to go through this and, uh, course, of course it booked up when it booked up, we still had. I mean, over 60 on the wait list. And so we've weeded through that waiting list, and there's still probably eight or ten that's wanting entries that didn't get them. But, you know, that's just part of it. But we got 128 dogs that we're hunting. Uh, We've got some good prizes. Uh, But to think in a weekend for coon hunting, we would be hunting for a purse that's – 
if you figure the Calcutta, it's basically four hundred ninety-four thousand yeah. dollars this half, weekend. Half a million dollars you're going to get giveaway. This That's weekend. pretty impressive. Or one, I'm not giveaway. You know, it's going to be earned. Oh, no, there ain't no doubt. You got the best of the best. We figured yeah. it up in the dog earnings. You got over two and a half million dollars in yeah. dog earnings. You got, uh, and Eddie Simmons has got this written down. But you've got, you know, the all-time money-winning handlers. You've got like mm-hmm. thirty of the top whatever here. You know, I mean, it's just it's great. But I want to say that. Uh, you know, Eddie Simmons is, you know, he's one of my best friends. And Eddie, everybody that knows Eddie, uh, if you've got something bad to say about Eddie, I can assure you Eddie's not the problem in this equation. I remember on one of our early podcasts, I said, if you don't like Eddie Simmons, you're a terrible human being. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That that pretty much sums it up. up. That's exactly. And Eddie has been there for me. And I'll tell you, I have a fault. I'm a businessman, but I have a fault. I'm a dreamer. And I see the big picture, but I forget the little details mm-hmm. at times. So I have to have people around me that catches me. Well, Eddie is a detail man. Yeah. And so Eddie helps me. And Eddie's been every step of the way he's been with me. Becky Bounds has been with me. You know, my mom's cooking for this thing. Yeah. I mean, this is just, uh, it's a family deal. And everybody has been so willing to help me. I've had multiple, Josh, you even call me. Anything I can do, yeah. let me know. I've had multiple people do that. And we may, we may disagree coon hunting. We may have arguments out there. But, hey, the coon hunting family is a pretty awesome family. Uh, my, it's impressive. My thing is I want, and the reason I do this podcast and the reason that I do, you know, a lot of the things that I do is because I love this sport and I love the idea of hunting for money. I know that that sounds kind of weird to say, you know, I don't like hunting for trophies, and sometimes I don't even like to pleasure hunt that much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I think that, that hunting for money and is a key to the future of the sport, and I think that's how we're going to grow the sport in the future, and I think that's a path, you know, towards, towards mainstreaming things and towards doing stuff like that, and this is just one of those steps. And so when I offered to help, uh, I ain't much help for much, but uh, I just – we do it just the same reason that you put this together is because we love the sport of competition coon hunting and we think this is the future of it. That's right. That's right. But one thing I do want to ask is a lot of people don't understand what it takes to put something together like this. I mean, we do, you know, a 16 dog, $6,500 pro classic every year. We do, uh, we done the, the one down in, in Texas, you know, the Lone Star shootout, which was a pretty big entry hunt and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, I know what it takes to do this, to line the guides up, to line the facilities up, to get the money right, to get everybody here on order and in time. And coon hunters are like herding cats. <laughs> I mean, I love them to death, but you can't get them anywhere on time. Yeah, no. And so what can you say? I mean, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to fathom if someone hasn't done it what it's like, but what, what's something that you notice that makes this area and this place and this stuff like that something that can hold a hunt like this and, you know, the help you get and things like that. You know, what what made you pick right here? So uh, we've got a camp right up the road here, and where I have my pro classics about 15 minutes mm-hmm. from here, I've got a lodge over there that, that Matt Sharp uh, lets me use, and he's been very good to me. He's a landowner in the area. But there's multiple landowners over here that allow us to hunt, <clears throat> and there's also a lot of public land. Yeah. Now, on this, it was important to me that we hunt. Now, I've got a couple of honey holes in the public land that we will be guiding mm-hmm. in, uh, but the majority of it's going to be private land. And so... There's actually very few coon hunters in this area, believe it or not. Most of us are from around Jackson or an hour and a half away, yeah. but we all know this area. And so 
whenever it happened. And there again, I, I really I can't take much credit on this. I've done a lot of work on it, but I didn't I didn't have the the idea. You know, Roger Dell allowed us to do that, and I've had so much help that I've been able to uh, delegate things to people that have I don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. Well, that's tremendous, you know. And so we uh, I knew I could get the guides because we have so much hunting. Now the fun part was Monday, two of my guides canceled on me. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, yesterday I got it all worked out. It was no problem. And there again, we have plenty of public land spots, but some of them get hunted a lot. I didn't want to send the hunters there. And so um, with the private land spots that we have, it's it's just a great, it's a great place to hold a coon hunt. Um, Nobody likes hunting in the hills, you know, so we don't have hills and uh, now we do have some swamps. We got a gator or two. We're going to have some snakes. I mean, that's just part of being in the South. But let me say this to all you guys that are from the North. Uh, I apologize for you not being down here, but the high today is 70 and the low tonight is 39. This is the first time, this is the first time I've had a t-shirt on since November, I think. Yes, sir. It is beautiful weather down here. You know, we got a front that's coming through tonight. The high tomorrow is going to be around 51, and the low is going to be in the upper 20s, and that's pretty brutal for us, actually. That's summertime at home. <laughs> that is some. I remember when uh, when Wade told me, because, you know, you, you should go down to the hunt in Mississippi, and we talked to, of course, I talked about being down here with the podcast yes, and stuff, sir. and I said, you know, I, February, Mississippi, <laughs> Iowa, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do yeah. that. And you talked about entries earlier, and, you know, of course, when this came out and we made the you made the announcement and stuff, first thing me and Jed do is we get together, and you know how many entries we get. And I'm just like you. I think, and I said, well, we'll just wait until it's closer to time, and then someone will, they, it probably won't fill, and then we'll pick one up. Yes, you know, sir. they'll probably hunt 48 dogs or something like that. And then I wake up that morning, and there's no entries to be had, and the waiting list is two miles long. And so we wasn't even, we weren't able to get an entry, and now rain's hurt, so it's, it's kind of a blessing that we didn't. But still, I mean, like you said, it was just, who would have thought 128 people like that? would get a $4,000 $4, entry fee. That's crazy. That just shows you where, you know, and I got to say something about Jarvis Humphreys. You know, I think it's pretty cool that he's from Mississippi. Yeah. He started this in Mississippi and he saw a dream and he had a dream that he and Miss Humphreys hand in hand made this happen. And I hate that Jarvis is not here uh, to, to get to see this, but Miss Humphreys is going to be here this afternoon, Great. and that's Good. special to me. We have a presentation that we're going to give her, and Eddie's going to say a few words about Mr. Jarvis and her. But without him, we wouldn't be where we where we are right now. And I think he he deserves all of the credit for where we where we are and what we're getting to enjoy. I think Jarvis seen this coming. I do think that Jarvis, whenever he was was planning out the the PCA and the things like that. And I think he had the foresight to see that, you know, eventually we're going to be able to hunt these dogs for life-changing money. That's exactly right. And you know, it, that's – and Jarvis, he's the kind of person – I started hunting in the PKC hunts in the late 80s. And uh, any time I saw Jarvis, he was a friend. He would shake your hand. He would have a conversation with you. He was never too busy for you. That's a special kind of person. It is. So we're getting ready to, to enjoy the festivities tonight. Everybody's still out there working like busy bees, so I'm going to let you get back at it. But first, I want to get some predictions. Th- these are the best of the best in the competition coon hunting world. You got any, you got any picks? You got well, any you, favorites? You put me on the spot. Well, I, I did. You know, I'll say this. Um, the Burdens came down and hunted with us. Yeah. And uh, 
O-topper, O-topper and get it done. He got yeah. it done quick, fast, and in a hurry. Uh, Topper's going to be a good one. And I'll tell you another one that's kind of under the under the radar that I've had been hunting with her for three weeks, and that's the mini female that uh, Keegan and Bella are on together. Yeah. Um, I've seen her do some outstanding work. But I'll tell you, every dog at this hunt, there's no way for me to make a pick because it's just, you know, um, the way I look at it, dogs have to go the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wind has to be the right. You know, if my dog hooks a left and there's three coons in 400 yards and these dogs hook a right and the first coon's a half a mile, I'm probably fixing to win the cast. Yeah. It's just a lot of luck. Every dog here is just outstanding dogs that I would say I'd have to be privileged to own any of them. Yeah. But I'd say that's where we're at. I, I tell you, I like old, the old topper dog. Uh, you know, old Dustin and Z will be here. Michael Warden Rock. I mean, you've just got, got Barry Kitty has come out I of retirement. The legend, I Mr. See. Wipeout himself. What kind of dog do you think Barry's packing? Oh, he's here? packing the Colt 45 dog that Painter yeah. had. And I can tell you, he's the real deal. You know, Barry ain't yeah. coming anywhere if he don't think he's fixing a win. I judged Painter in Colt 45 in the late round to World Hunt last year when he got in. And that dog just, that's a business like. <laughs> I'm going to go get my coons. I don't care what y'all are doing type dog. There and you that's, go. Barry's going to do well with it. I seen that. I was actually looking through the entries. I hadn't had a chance. I've been on the road. I looked through the entries. I looked down and down. Barry Kitty. Oh my lord. I mean, it is. It's you know when I. It's just this is special, man. Yeah. I'm just. I want to say I, I thank the Lord for letting me be a part of it, uh, and I appreciate everybody that's helped us do this because it's even though uh, my name is kind of being synonymous with this, it's it's. Uh, I, I have very little to do with this other than just getting some guides in a building. So it's it's all the credit goes to everybody else has helped me and uh, and put this together, Roger Dale Jarvis and Miss Umphers, you know, and, and people like that. And another, I want to give credit to Roger Dale too, and I like to think I, I'm going to take credit for making this happen because <laughs> it wasn't very long after I griped on my podcast about PKC. Next thing you know, they bring <laughs> ProHound back. And they put a $200,000 hunt on, so I'm just going to say I did. That's I'm awesome. going to say Roger Dale was listening to that as soon as it came out, and he goes, you know what? I think Michaela's is right. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to do something crazy. I love it. You know, I listened to that <laughs> podcast, and I was like, oh, buddy. Yeah. I mean, But you were right. You know, yeah. the, you, you get to a place in this, you either – you either get on board or you get left, yeah. and you've got an option there. And so I appreciate the fact that Roger Dale stepped up and said, hey, we got to do some bigger and better things. And yeah. that, I feel like that's what we've done, and I hope I can do my part and everyone feels welcome and has a great time, win, lose, or draw, and I hope this is an annual thing. I do too. And like I said, credit to Roger Dale, credit to PKC, and credit to you, Mr. Moody, and all the help that you put put into this, all the work you put into this, and everybody you know, that's, that's helping you along with it. Well, so. I appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate your time. I uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, we're going to get together, go hunting one night, and we'll sit down for a little longer whenever we ain't so busy. There you go. But thank you, Michael, and uh, good luck tonight. Thank you, Josh. This is Josh Michaelis with the Houndsman XP Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. <clears throat> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by Mr. Scott Engel, the... Uh, Winner of the one cast they hunted off down at the Jarvis Humphreys Memorial. Scott, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. Yourself? I bet you are doing good. $100,000 you won last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to, 
we have a, we're, what's going to how's this going to work is I sat down with Moody uh, before the hunt started and we talked about the hunt and we talked about Jarvis and a few other things and then I thought after the hunt was over I would call uh, some guys that done well and we would we would put them on the podcast put them all together as one and you're the first person I called Scott and congratulations first of all you and Echo man that what what an amazing weekend how's it feel No oh, it's good it was very good definitely a uh definitely a fun hunt did uh tell me about the first cast you guys had did you get in early or did you have to hunt late i got in early um early on friday um i had uh, gerald keegan hunting a little female for russ beller yeah austin gentry with the power trap and uh and i had uh, kenny trish hunting the, the davenport's uh thunder dog how did uh i drew thunder i drew thunder at the world hunt that's a pretty good dog there uh, how'd yes, that cast sir. go? Well, we call we had a, we turned loose kind of in a bad spot there, and I got down on the lake and done a lot of ripping and roaring to begin with, and ended up uh, several of them took us a minus on all that water, but uh, ended up Echo and Thunder. Um, I had treed Echo, and uh, I knew it wasn't right. We get in there, and they got a coon on the ground, mm-hmm. um, so we don't get any strike points. I do get fifty or tree points. I do get fifty strike points on it, and. Uh, Echo ended up treeing a coon and then uh, had one treed when the cast was over. Right. But that was the only coon we scored on in the cast was was the one he treed other than the one we caught on the ground. I got you. What was the hunting like? Were you guys turning loose? Good. Very good hunting. They just got down the kind of a swamp area. It was their own fault for getting down there. But, uh, man, that that uh, that rolling fork hunting is just uh, some of the best I've been in, I which you- I knew that. I tell you what, I, I like that it's flat. <laughs> oh, it's flat. It's a uh, big timber. It don't have too much water. Yeah. Thick. So you you get in Friday night. You get a hunt Saturday night. Uh, who'd you draw early on Saturday? Saturday had uh, uh, Stephen Smith with the loose change. Um, Doug Hefner with Sting and Michael Ward with the Rock Dog. And some other good dogs. How'd that cast go? We uh, change ended up three and three, and Echo wins right there at the very, very end uh, with number four. I say, what you you had five fifty? Five, yeah, five, five and a quarter. I, I, I think you, you had. I knew you had five something. So you can't just end it on that. You got a shootout with cast like that. You're gonna have to explain a little better, Scott. Yeah, those those are was, the exciting ones. <laughs> um, yes, we. Uh, we get cut loose. Uh, change gets treated first for uh, 75 and 100. And uh, as we're going to him, Echo Tree's on on in there, um, 50 and 100. We go into change. He's got a coon. Get him cut. Um, go to Echo. He's got a coon. I get cut. Um, as we're coming back to Sting, I get Echo Treat again. And that's kind of what set me like one, one coon up, you right. know, once I got um we come in this thing she was circle rock was circle um back to echo with a coon then to change with a coon and and we uh we get to echo's third coon with about eight minutes to go cutting off of that and uh going to change he's got a coon that puts him beat me by a quarter mm-hmm. and with two minutes to go um we find, you know, we get we get change cut. He gets to actually gets struck, and echoes in their tree, you know. Yeah. What uh, 
How far was Echo and Change apart whenever you cut Echo with eight minutes left? They wasn't far. Right. They wasn't far. Maybe just 100 yards or two. How far did yeah. Echo go uh, between his third coon and his fourth coon? Uh, he was. I lost him at like eight tenths. Okay, so when I talk, I try, I try to explain to people, you know, what these hounds can do and what they're what they're capable of. And of course, Echo is a special case, especially with what you guys have been doing with him the last few months. But with eight minutes to go, uh, a dog treed pretty close to him. You pulled him off his third coon, walked him a minute, cut him, and he got in there eight tenths in six six and a half minutes and struck and treat another coon to win it for you. Yep. Probably not even that, you yeah. know, it probably time than, than, uh, than that really. He, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's, and it, that's what it takes, you know, with, with the pressure on a dog and things like that, they really got to hustle in there, especially late in a cast. And I don't think people can grasp, uh, what some of these dogs do sometimes. Yep. They, it was, uh, and it was a kind of a special place to be able to hear, mm-hmm. uh, as well as you could hear in that place, uh, was what amazed, you know, amazed me down there. You know, the guide had us, uh, hunting the right way, you know, into the wind. And I think Eddie said, Eddie done the Simmons had done the, the, the step, uh, measurement deal. Yeah. And we like almost eight, eight miles on that cast. That's a lot of walk. And I've been on those casts too. That's a lot of walk. <laughs> but you got, you guys got two dogs. It's a miracle. You guys got that many coons scored, you know, walking that much. So usually on them big seven, eight mile casts, you know, where you're walking a bunch, you know, you spend so much time walking, you're only scoring two or three coons. Yep, that's right. Steven and them have got a very special pup there. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. I heard good things about that dog coming into this hunt, too. So you moved on to Saturday night, Final Four, guaranteed to get paid. And I know that's a good feeling, but I want, one question I want to ask is whose idea was it to hunt? Was it yours? Yeah, yeah, it was mine. Good, good. And I wanted to make sure I just prayed. I, I know I text Moody. And I text Nathan Guthrie and I said, Hey, make sure someone hunts this off. <laughs> someone needs to win a hundred thousand dollars here, you know, and you look at the B side of it and there were so many burdens in it. I understand why they split that. Yeah. But, yep, uh, too many. yeah. Right. And so, <laughs> so you got a whole cast of burdens. They're going to split the money up either way. You just as well, you know, go ahead and split it, not mess with hunting it. But tell me, cause I watched the play by play and you know, I watched the backwards heritage stuff, the coverage of it too, you know, as much as I could. But, you know, you can't see everything that's going on. But, you know, give me give me a rundown of the Saturday night cast, the late round. We think when we dropped over the levee, we went to uh, we went to a WMA um, just just right outside of uh, Rolling Fork there. Mm-hmm. And well, I think when we dropped over the levee. I think the cell service just uh, dissipated. But yep. uh, um, we get cut loose. <clears throat> we get cut loose and. Uh, and mine really ain't no strike dog. He don't bark a whole lot, um, typical on the ground. But anyway, he gets in there five, six hundred yards. I knew we'd been cut four or five minutes, you know. Yeah. And before anything opened, and and I get a hunter strike. He gets no, open. Well, hold hold on a second, Scott. I thought all these dogs just ran around barking their full head off and babbled the whole time. You said something didn't bark for five or six minutes. Nope, we never had a. We didn't. <laughs> I I knew I had a shot of getting of getting you know getting a good strike yeah. when open you know so I, I felt good about that and uh, that's not that's not rare though i've been i've been in a lot of pro classic casts where it's four five six seven minutes before something opens its head yeah um he 
him and uh, I believe Nathan Guthrie's female, they get after something in there, and I'm supposing it's a coon. They get down on a lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get down on a lake, and mine, mine actually had. I'm I'm thinking he caught a coon, um, because he stayed still for ten, maybe fifteen minutes. Yeah. He never moved, and that's just not him because he's a he's a mover and a shaker, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he, I don't believe he was in the ground. I don't believe he's in a log because surely he would have barked some. I think he had to have caught he had to have caught a coon. Right. Uh, and I I remember thinking to myself like, all right, I made these guys hunt this off, and and uh, I'm gonna sit here and get fourth place. Mine's <laughs> gonna lay down there and chew a coon. Yeah. For two hours but he, he didn't stay maybe 15 10 maybe 15 minutes something like that um all of a sudden he just kind of come up out of there you know and and headed out you know and started hunting again everything else was kind of struck by then um and he left up out of there nathan guthrie had actually made the comment that his was right down there on that lake just kind mm-hmm. of sitting put him on my garment. I'm like, well, this is where mine was at. I, I said, he was there 15 minutes. So his hung up there on it after mine had left. Yeah. Whatever it was. But, uh, um, Daryl guesses junk dog gets treed. Um, we get in there and it, it's a, it's a den. Everything's just kind of beating, pecking, knocking mm-hmm. different directions. Nothing really. They got down on a, on the lake slough type of deal and and i don't know hung out too long yeah uh, but obviously they were smelling something or they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have been hanging out there um but uh finally mine got i think when i when i you know when we could really hear him good he was like 1.1 1. 1, um treat in there and uh i treat him and we had it off to him as we're going to him. Daryl's dog trees again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we go into echo 1.1. He's got a coon on a big Oak mm-hmm. in a, in a bottom, um, lead him back off a minute, cut him. And at this point in time, there's about 40 minutes left. And before we get kind of out of that bottom, you know, get started good back to headed to, uh, the Daryl's dog. Echo gets struck again and, uh, and gets treated in there again. He's like, he was like a mile at that time too, yeah. but you could still in that bottom very well, but I didn't have to, I struck him, didn't have to treat him cause we're going, you know, obviously walking out of here and right. going back to, to Daryl's. Um, we get into Daryl's, he's got a, he's got another den. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you know, everything's really slowing down. Moody's, uh, we get him, we, we get him recast. Nathan Guthrie still has not heard his, yeah. which was unfortunate. That's a good guy. Yeah. That's um, a good guy and a good dog too. Oh, yep. Yep. I like spice girl. Yep. Uh, and right there, probably just a few minutes left. Of course that would have left Moody and Nathan Guthrie tied at that time, you know, mm-hmm. um, just a few minutes left. Moody's kind of comes on cold, cold, cold tree and, uh, but warms it up and we go into her and she's, she's got a den that moves him into third. Yeah. What, uh, 
how far was when you had to walk away from Echo? Of course, nothing Street of Coon yet, so you're still two coons up, correct? Yep. And yep. so you don't have to tree Echo, but was you worried about, you know, getting back towards? Because I've had that situation sometimes where you know I leave a dog treed and I walk away from it and it struck, but I never can. Dogs get to tree and coons, and I never can get back over there to where I can hear it again you know, to where I can get it treated at the end of the hunt. Was you worried about something like that happening, or did you think that odds were, you know, the way the coons are moving, some of these dogs are, are banging around a little bit, that you're probably okay? I felt like the odds was, uh, I thought, you know what, I, uh, I I debated whether to go ahead and and uh, and dream and just mm-hmm. be done with it. But the way the time was running, and, uh, man, it, it was it was cold. It had gotten about 27, and that's cold. Right. South 27 is. Um it it was uh, cold. I knew we was gonna have a pretty good amount of uh, walk to back to Daryl's. My biggest fear was the six, maybe catching everybody and yeah. then that strike opening back up. Right. But uh, I just elected not to. But then I thought we could. Well, when we got to Moody, you could hear Echo very well. You know, when we got back down off in there, you could hear Echo pretty well again. I so bad time and and. Uh, Man, you can hear in that place so good. Yeah. What, uh, well, I know Pro Sport, they've had their $100,000 hunt as well. You know, they're hunting for trucks. They're doing a lot of things that pay a lot of money. PKC, of course, has the big Pro Classics and now these this $100,000 hunt too. Uh, how do you think, I just want to get your opinion on this before we kind of close this out. How do you think these money hunts are affecting the sport and, and the future of the sport, Scott? I, I think it's fantastic. I think the more, um, the more we can do with the, the backwoods heritage video and, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, the money hunts is, is just phenomenal. Um, that group down there in general, Michael Moody hats off to him, um, with his crew, Jesse lively. Um, the, <laughs> the, the venue was a nice place. Um, the food was great. It was like them lot of work into that and and as long as we have hunts like that they're they're going to fill and people's going to come to them and the hunt was exceptional um no i think it's great for the sport and and i i I don't know anybody really left down there with a sour taste in their mouth about about the hunt i don't either like i mentioned in the pre-roll that there was only two questions and both were genuinely you know questions that went with the judge everything went off without a hitch and i was really impressed with how them guys did down there it was it was a great hunt yeah i I thought so well scott i appreciate you joining us i'm gonna get you on here again uh one day on one of the regular truth episodes and and we'll talk mojo and we'll talk echo and and we'll talk some things one day when we got time to sit down but uh, I really appreciate you joining us. Congrats not only on your win last weekend at the $100,000 hunt, but all the success you've had, especially with Echo here in the last few months. You guys are really rolling, and I hope you keep it up. And like I said, thanks for joining us, and uh, I hope we can get together and do this again sometime. All right, Josh. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, you need me, hi, All right. I appreciate it, Scott. Have a good one. Bye.